Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. God will call you to do some strange things. I mean, because a lot of the times when God calls you to do something, he doesn't give you the full picture. Sometimes it's foggy, right? And so you don't know exactly what to do. And this is what he did with Abraham. He says that you're going to be the father of many nations. Uh, like, what does that actually mean? And he told Abraham to just go, go, go where? Go and do what? Right? He doesn't always make it clear. And so we're going to be reading um, in, in Judges chapter, uh, we're going to go back and forth between chapter 6 and, and 7. Seven. It's an interesting story about Gideon. So Gideon was a great leader, a man of great faith, a man of value, right? But he had the same question when God first called him. God, why are you calling me? <laughs> See, Gideon's name is mentioned 40 times in the Old Testament and once in the New Testament. He was, he was most known for defeating the Midianites he, with just 300 warriors against the thousands of warriors. But if we only recognize Gideon's accomplishment, we will miss how God moved in his life. We'll really miss it. And see, a lot of times when people share their testimony, they, they will tell you, where they where God brought them from and where they to where they are now but what we miss is what he did in between and that's where the power lies it's what how God moved in between how God moved along the way see the beginning and the end doesn't tell the story it's in between it's what he does in our lives along the way. Amen? Can I get an amen from the streaming audience? Yes. So we're going to talk about how God moves along the way. And then we're going to talk about why is God calling me? Why is God calling me? So in chapter 6, the the story of Gideon, when his life begins, with God allowing the Israelites to be dominated for seven years by the Midianites. See, the Midianites would wander to Israel to plunder and destroy their crops and their, and their animals. And so, uh, so the people of Israel were so oppressed that they hid in fortified uh, areas, caves, and mountainous den, right, in order to protect themselves So they cried out to God, and God heard their cry. So three ways God moves along the way. Three ways God moves along the way. First one, he comes and breaks patterns. So in Judges uh, uh, 6, chapter 6, starting in verse 7, let's, let's read there. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, thus says the Lord God of Israel, 
I brought you up from Egypt, and I brought you out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. Also, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear these gods of the Amorites in, in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. See, there was a cycle that needed to be broken here, right? The cycle, the abandonment, the bondage, the crying out in the lukewarmness, the abandonment, the bondage, the crying out in the lukewarmness. God had to break the cycle because they abandoned, they abandoned everything they knew was true. And then because of that, it put them back into bondage. And then they cried out to they cry out to God, and then God will deliver them, but they will go back to their lukewarm ways. So this is a uh, just a, a cycle that they repeated uh, countless times. I mean, he um, so God was just telling them exactly what He did in their life. He said, "I brought you out of, of Egypt." I, I, I scared out the, the people in your land. I gave you a land. I did all these things, all these things, but you continue to abandon everything that you know was true. Everything you know about me. Everything, you abandoned everything. You gave up everything you know about me. And then because of that, because of that, it brings you back into bondage, right? And then you cry out. I deliver you, but you go back to your lukewarm ways. See, God wants our behavior to reflect our belief in him. Right? So God, so God sends a, a prophet to inform them why they were being oppressed. It's not because a lot of times when we go through things, we blame God. It's like, God, we cry out to God. God, why am I in this situation that I'm in right now? It's because of the cycle. You did this. You did this. So they were, So God had to first break the cycle, break the patterns in their lives, right? So what, what, God, what God did, he addressed all the things that he he done, but they forgot because they didn't obey his voice. See, God will correct the behavior before he'll deliver you. <laughs> or else you will repeat the same cycle. Right? So a lot of times we want God to just deliver us from something, but he will point out the behavior first and say, you, we need to deal with this first. Right? And then, and then I can deliver you. See, brokenness comes before deliverance. <laughs> brokenness comes before deliverance. See, if you don't know why you are, you, you are, uh, you wind up in certain situations you, um, you will never break the patterns. So if you don't know why, like why am I keep, why am I in the same situations all, all the time? I get a job, I do really well, um, and then I lose my job, and then uh, I get another job, and I do really well, but something bad happens, and, and then I lose my job. Well, you have to, at some point, you have to break the pattern. 
I get into a relationship, everything goes really well, then all of a sudden um, um, something bad happens in, in the relationship, and then I, I get out of that relationship, and I get into another one, and then the same thing continues to happen. Yes, what? It's not the other people. Turn to someone near you and say, it is not the other people. <laughs> it might be the person you look in the mirror at every day. See, a lot of times we ask God for more revelation instead of, instead of responding to the one he gave you, he already gave you. Don't ask God for more revelation. Just follow the one he already gave you. Amen? So God won't give you more revelation until you respond to the one that he gave you. Oh, man, I'm excited about this. God's going to break some patterns in your life. He's going to break some patterns. So in order for you to see the, promise of, the promises of God, he needs to break the patterns. You know, he don't want you to, to repeat the same things, the same attitude for all these years. Amen. God wants, God wants to break the patterns in, in your life. Oh, I'm excited about that. So how do we break the cycle? How do we break patterns? Well, it comes out of Ephesians 5, 15. It says here, and, um, wow, it's not 5, 15. It's, it's Ephesians 5. We're going to start in verse 8. For you were once in <laughs> once darkness. So it says, for you were once darkness. You were once darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is, is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship. And have no fellowship. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. But rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Wow, that's deep. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. And for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See, then then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. So it says, number one, it says, stop acting, acting like you're still in darkness. If you are a child of God, right, you are in the light. So stop acting like you are still in darkness. See, God brought you out of darkness into relationship. Come on. Come on, we just heard this song. I'm laying down, right, for all my religion. Yeah, that's right, for a relationship with God. Lay everything down for a relationship with God. God brought you out of darkness into to the light, into the light. Then it says here, which is challenging, it says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. That means stop hanging out with people in darkness. Like, you can't go to the bar and say, well, I'm going to lift people's spirits. No, they're good. Their spirits are already lifted. Like, they're good. No, they're all right. You don't need to go there. 
They are doing really well. Their spirits are really high right now. You don't have to worry about that. Just stay, go somewhere else. Go to church. Amen? Stop hanging around. Stop fellowshipping with, with uh, unfruitful works of darkness. Unfruitful works. That means it will not produce good fruit. If you hang out with people in darkness, it will produce dark fruit. Is that a th it? I mean, do we understand that? He said, do not fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. You will have a hard time staying in God's will if you hang out with people that are in darkness. People that live in darkness choose to live in darkness. Then it says to walk circumspectly. It means to walk diligently. Take everything you learn from God and supply it diligently. Everything you learn, everything you read, everything you know of God, you, uh, you apply. And that was the frustrate, frustrating thing about the Israelites is because they did not take everything they learned and apply it diligently. Right? So they, they abandoned everything they knew. Anytime that they, they had a tough time, anytime they, a crisis came, anytime they, a problem came, they just, they just uh, forgot everything that God taught them and put them back into bondage. And then they cry out again to the Lord, right? And the Lord will deliver them. And then they're right back into their lukewarm ways. God's saying, that, that has to stop. I have better for you, God is saying to someone today. I have better for you. The cycle must break right now. As a matter of fact, I'm using you to break generational curses right now. So I need, so it's the cycle is going to break with you. Thus says the Lord, it must stop now. It must stop now. God is going to get rid of all chaos in homes right now in the name of Jesus. He's breaking all cycles right now in Jesus' name. See, brokenness comes before deliverance. Comes before deliverance. Okay, so the first thing God will do, he comes and he will break patterns. So the second thing God will do, he establishes residency in our hearts. So in um, Judges 6, 11, it says here, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Aphra, which belonged to Joash, the Abiezrite, <laughs> while his son Gideon dressed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And, we're, and we're all, we are all in his miracles. And, and where are all his miracles, which our father, his fathers told us about, saying, did the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? 
Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Messiah, Manasseh, sorry. And I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. And then he said to him, if now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that, is, that this is you who talk with me. Do not depart from here, I pray, until I come you and, and bring, bring out my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. Wait until you. So look how God established res, residency in Gideon's heart. He first, he called out his lack of faith. So if you read the beginning, if you read the end of this story without reading the beginning, you, you will say, man, Gideon was a man of faith. I mean, he was powerful. He was a man of faith. But he wasn't always that way. Here we see that Gideon actually lacked faith in God. So the so what so what happened? God called out his lack of faith. He says, "Have I not sent you?" So the angel. What I love this part here. The angel of the Lord appeared to him, and the first thing he said, he announced God as his Lord. There's a difference. He announced God as his Lord. This is powerful. He says, "This is." He says, "This is the Lord, your God. This is the Lord, your God." So, so, so God, so the, uh, so was, what was important for Gideon is that God needed to be the Lord of his life, the Lord of his life. So be, before Gideon can receive a call from God, he first had to establish his rightful place in, at, in, in Gideon's life as Lord. He says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you. So when you know God is your Lord of your life, it will change how you view yourself. Because as, so when the angel appeared to, to Gideon and, and when the Lord asked uh, uh, Gideon to, 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 to go, Gideon gave him all the excuses why he couldn't. He was just like, so my family is like the last in, in this area, last of the clan, and I am the last of my family. Like, why, like, God, why are you calling me? I am not qualified for this thing, man. You've gotten, you got the wrong person. But God was saying that I am your Lord. I am your Lord. That means you need to trust me. I, have I not sent you? Like, I am your, I'm not, I am who your fathers talked about. <laughs> like, I am, I am that person. I, I am that God. Right? So he was just like, I am the Lord of your life. So Gideon was giving God all the excuses. See, God doesn't need your qualification. All he needs is your yes. It's just your yes. Let me, I am your Lord. All I need is your yes. Yes, I will go. Just obey, obey my, my, my call in your life. Just go. Just obey. See, if you don't have the talent, the resources, the ability, he is setting you up to see his hand. Oh, that is so powerful. You don't need the abilities. You don't need the talent. Just, just go. Trust him. Let God be your Lord. See, God dealt with the root cause of his lack of faith afterwards. 
So the root cause of his lack of faith is his family, his family came from a pagan background. They worship idols. So God was not the Lord over his life because of his family's idols. See, the false God was affecting Gideon's faith in the real God. <laughs> right? And so that's why he didn't have a trust or, or faith in God because his family worshiped idols. His family worshiped idols. So that's why his response was like, if you are, uh, you are the Lord, then why are we in the position that we are in? Where are the miracles I read about? Right? Uh, so apparently the other gods didn't provide those miracles. So he didn't believe when the Lord appeared to him. It's like, is this real? Are you the, the one that people actually talked about? Right? So idolatry is the thing that keeps people back. It's the thing that keeps people from believing in our God. Right? So idolatry. So it's an extreme admiration, love, or reverence for something or someone. So whatever we treasure more than God, becomes an idol. Mm. Whatever drives our thoughts and our actions becomes an idol. So whatever, think about that for a second. Whatever drives your thoughts and your actions becomes an idol. So sometimes we can want something so bad, it becomes an idol. It can even be for God. <laughs> from God. It can be from God. Like when God calls you to do something and you want it, you want it to, to come into fruition so badly, it's it's it becomes an, an idol. So you take what was blessed and you now curse it and because it becomes an idol. You put it before God or you put it above God. So anything that we treasure more than God becomes an idol. See, the thing about idols, idols are temporary fillers, right? It's because you shift your focus off of Jesus and place your focus on the situation. It becomes a temporary fix. It becomes a temporary filler, right? And so when, when life feels uncertain or our longings go unmet, it is easy to grasp, grasp onto temporary fillers. So only if we had more money, only if we had more friends, only if we had more experience, only if we have more achievements, then I'll be happy and then I'll be content. Amen. So, so idols are temporary fillers. God is the only one that can fill your need. Not even some, not even your relationships. If if you are married, if you are in a relationship, that person cannot fulfill all your needs. Only God can can fulfill all your needs. Because otherwise, why is God God? If we are already full, He doesn't need He doesn't need to do anything in our lives, right? So only God can meet those expectations. So we have to stop putting so much expectations on other people to, fill, to fulfill our needs. Only God can meet no need. And the thing about God, he's such an awesome God. When he fills you up, you actually overflow. 
because he keeps filling you up and keeps pouring out. Because the overflow is to pour into other people. So you will always be filled above and beyond. Oh, man, that might preach one day if I can only get some people here with me. God is the only one that can fill you up. The only one who is able to meet our deepest needs and grant us, grant us joy and peace that we seek. Being his, in his presence is, 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 is full of joy. It's where we, he can meet all of our needs in his presence. You know, being in God's presence, it's, everything's available to you. Everything's available to you. So only he, no one else can do that. No one else can do that. So then he told, he told Gideon, he says, he told Gideon to tear down the idol. So he coming to establish his place now in, in Gideon's heart. He's like, because the, your family's idol, idols are getting in the way of my relationship with you. So now what I'm telling you to do right now, get rid of all the, all the idols. Get rid of all the idols in, 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 your, in your house, in your home. In, in um, Judges chapter 6, 25, 26, it says, Now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, Take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear it, da tear it down the altar of Baal, uh, Baal, and that your father, father has, and cut down the wooden image that is beside it, and the bull and the build an altar, altar to the Lord your God on the top of of this rock in the proper arrangement, and take the second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image which you shall cut down. This is so awesome. Gideon's calling from God was to deliver Israel from worshiping false god, but he he had to deal with his house first. So God told him, he says, no, go and, and deal with your father's uh, uh, image, your, your father's uh, idol. He says, so go deal with your house first. So basically, God was saying, get your house in order. Get your house in order first. Before God was to um, release Gideon into the public, he had to go deal with his, his, his private issue. Amen. Like, go deal with your house. See, too many people want a public ministry but neglect the private ministry at home. He says to go deal with your house first. Go deal with your house first. That is a message from, for someone today. See, your message that God gives you or a message that you have, if it doesn't change you, it's not going to change anyone else. And that's what I've learned about, about preaching, right? And whenever I minister a word of God, it must change me first, amen, or it won't change anyone else. And the message, any message that you have, any encouragement that you have, any, anything you want to say to people, make sure it changes you first before it, before it changes some, someone else, amen. So God told him, go deal with your house first, I need to be in your house. You need to go get rid of. See, I, if I'm not in your house, I can't send you to other people's houses. I can't send you to other people's homes. Amen. I can't send you out into public if you don't deal with your house first. Amen. You can't go out and just win the world and lose your family. 
I mean, so deal with your house first. God needs to be in your home first. God needs to minister to your home first. Amen. If we want to change our neighborhoods, we want to change our families, amen, it needs to start at home. Bless God. I wish you were here because you will be getting up and shouting and be like, Pastor, you better preach. You better preach because I know Brad is going to bless us with 50 bucks because I'm saying amen. Preach, Pastor. Come on. He says to tear down the idols. Start with your home first. So how do we tear down idols? Well, second, good thing Paul told us how to do that. 2 Corinthians 10, uh, verses 4 and 5, he says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing, high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, which bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This is powerful. This is how you tear down idols in your life. You, we first destroy every argument. Every argument that against the word of God. Like, what, what is this thing, what is this argument telling you? What is the message? What is this message that is speaking to you right now? Tear down every argument. That means take down every lie, every lie of the enemy, right? Amen? Every lie of the enemy, you need to tear it down. God wants to be your God. God wants to be your, the Lord of your life. So what argument, what, what is the enemy saying to you? He says, destroy every proud obstacle raised up against the knowledge of God. See, we, 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 we must understand that pride, pride is protein, and it comes in many different forms, many different forms. Amen. So we must deal with the pride. It says take every thought captive. We need to have an aggressive attitude to take them into custody and remove them from our mind. Remove them from our mind. Take, we take captive those thoughts in, that contradict the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God. What does God's word say about this thought? Take it into custody. Take the thought into custody. So the first two things, how God moves, first two ways how God moves is that he comes and breaks patterns. Then he comes and um, um, set up residency in our hearts. So he had to do that with Gideon. And now God comes and he eliminates what doesn't belong in your life. What doesn't belong in your, in your life. In Judges um, 7, chapter, let's go, um, let's start with verse 1 here. And then Jeruabel, that is Gideon. I don't know why I just not say Gideon. Uh, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped besides the well of Herod so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Mora in the, in, in the valley. Moray in the, in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, my own hand has saved me. Now, therefore, 
proclaim in the hearing of people saying, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from my, my, Mount Gilead. And, and 22,000, 22,000 of the people return and 10,000 remain. But the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them uh, uh, for, you, uh, for you there. And then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall, shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And whoever, wh whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water and, and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink and the number of those who lap, putting the hand to their mouth was 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, by 300 men who lap, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. So the people took provision in their trumpets in their hands, and he sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those 300 men. Now the camp of the Midian was, was below him in the valley. So look at the transformation in Gideon's life. Here, he was a broken man. His family was last in the clan. He was last of his family. And then now he has over 135,000 soldiers with him. The favor of God was all of him. He attracted so the Lord said he attracted too many volunteers, too many volunteers. See, God wanted to get to glory. God wanted to get the glory in his life. He said, no, you have, you have too, many, too many volunteers. So God started to eliminate things. He started to eliminate pride, right? And so there was, there was some in the crowd that would take credit for God's work. So God eliminated any chance of pride to creep into Gideon's heart and, and so he eliminated, he, and he eliminated the prideful people that were around him. So he eliminated the pride. See, pride would not stand in the way of his glory. Amen? So God, uh, pride would not stand in the way of his glory. See, God doesn't care about quantity as much as he cares about the quality in a person, the quality of a person. Amen? He cares about the heart of the person. He don't necessarily care about the, how many um, um, people you have in your lives. He only care about the ones. He cares about everyone, but in order to use them, he only care about, care about the ones who has a heart for him. Amen. So he had to eliminate pride. He had to eliminate the prideful people in his life. And any chance of Gideon becoming prideful of this awesome miracle that was going to take place, God was just like, no, no, no. I want you to see the impossible. So it's only going to be 300 soldiers against the thousands and thousands of soldiers on their side. Mm. So then the next thing he did, he, he, God eliminated 
um, Gideon's fear in a fearful people around him. Oh, my God. At the beginning, God told Gideon, the Lord is with you. He dealt with his fear. And then he, he called him. He, he placed a calling on his life. He told him about his character, you mighty man of valor. So God dealt with his fear. And then, and then he, dealt, he got rid of the fearful people around him. Because you cannot feed fear and walk in faith at the same time. <laughs> so this will take a faith work. This will be a faith type of step here. Amen. So whoever were, that were fearful at that time could not go and, and see and partake in the miracles of God. Amen. So, you, so our job is to fix our face on Jesus and not on the fear. The next thing he did was so awesome. He eliminated the ones who were out of position. This is kind of a weird thing when you read it. Right. When it talks about how, like, you know, the ones that are lapsed like a dog. Right. And drinks drinks water and laps like a dog um, that I'm going to choose. Right. To go with you. And the ones that that, you know, get on their knees, um, uh, they, they can't go. You're like, OK, well, I mean, like, what is God? What are you actually saying? So what he was talking about here and I wish I had more time on this. What he was talking about here is some of them got on their knees and they were drinking water. You are ready for what's coming next. But the other ones that were on their knees, they weren't ready for battle. They were out of position. So God was looking for the ones that were in position. We have to remain in position and be ready for God to use us. We must remain in position. Are you with me? That is so awesome. So he eliminated the ones who weren't in position. God's looking for people who, is, who are in the right posture, right? Posture of faith, posture of humility, right? Posture of brokenness. Wanting to be used by God. I love this story of, of, of Gideon. It's not what just God did in Gideon's life. It's what he did in the Israelites' life. Now, I remember at the beginning of the message, we talked about how God had to break the cycle, had to break patterns in, in their lives. We're, we were talking about them. We're, some of the 300 was a part of that point that God did God had to break patterns in their lives so I started off with a question is like why is God calling me why is God calling me you know God is attracted to brokenness he heard a cry from broken people he heard a cry from broken people. So he said, God is attracted to broken, bro our brokenness is because when he pours into us, we, he know that he will get all of the glory in our lives. All of it. He is attracted to our brokenness because sometimes we're so broken and 
and only God can fill us. And we know it's from God. We will never be able to take, take credit for it. Amen? Because our brokenness brings honor to God. Because he fills us up with such power. Our brokenness tells us that we need God. God is attracted to our brokenness. So Gideon was a broken man. Became a man of value. Became a man of great faith. Became a man, a great leader. He had over 135,000 soldiers. See, if we start there, if we only uh, talk about how powerful Gideon was, we will miss how God moved moved in his life. He was, he moved, he came to Gideon, to Gideon's cry. He was a broken man, but then became this awesome leader. Right? So it's about how God moves in your life along the way. He comes in. He just disrupts things. He comes. He says, I'm breaking cycles. I'm breaking cycles right now. I'm breaking cycles in your life right now. I'm breaking all patterns. Amen. You will not repeat the same patterns in your life right now. And I'm, I'm coming in to be the Lord of your life. I'm going to be the Lord of your heart, the Lord of your emotions, the Lord in your home. I'm going to be the Lord of your life. Imagine that. See, we can be a Christian for 20 years, but God never become the Lord of our lives. See, God wants us to live, live with him, live in Christ. He said, I'm coming to be the Lord of your life. And when he does that, he comes and he eliminates what doesn't belong in your life. No, we're getting rid of this. We getting rid of this. No pride. You, you, I don't want you to be prideful. Getting getting rid of this. No, we can't. We, I, you can't hang out with this person. I got to get rid of that person in your life. No, this yeah, this person that you're walking with doesn't walk in faith. They walk in fear. I need to get rid of them. I need someone that will speak into your life along the way. Yo, I'm gonna send you to this church because this church actually believes in who I am. They actually focus on people rather than systems. Brokenness. He's attracted. To our brokenness. We serve an awesome God that He comes and meets all of our needs. Amen. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.